Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rounding the News. This is your weekly news roundup presented by Rounding the Earth, and I am your host, Liam Sturgis. I want to remind everyone again today that here at Rounding the Earth, we are helping beta test Local's new RTMP live streaming feature. And as such, if you're watching on Local's, please, first of all, hello. Uh, and second of all, let me know if it appears to be working, which Jen says it does. So that's wonderful. Thank you to everyone watching on Locals, Rumble, Rockfin, Odyssey, wherever you happen to be watching. Welcome. So let's do this. I'm going to jump over. We've got an exciting show today. And before we get started, I want to remind everyone that um, if I can get my windows to work properly... Um, you can support the show no matter where you're watching. Uh, if you're watching on Rumble, you can send us a Rumble rant. Uh, if you're on Rockfin or on Odyssey, you can send us tips there. And even more importantly, if you are not yet on Locals with us, I encourage you to go to www.roundingtheearth.locals.com where I have posted or am going to be posting later the show notes for today's episode. And you can join the community as a free member, which will let you stay up to date on uh, basically everything we're doing. Um, or you can even sign up to support us for as little as $5 a month to gain access to our Locals exclusive live streams and we're going to be starting to create more things that are dedicated to and exclusively for our paying locals members you can even get a free month of premium support by using our promo code which for the month of february is unflatten and after that you can continue to support if you like and uh it's wonderful it's a lot of fun the people on locals will tell you we uh we, we, we do have fun with it. Uh, Balan M says, audio sync is just a tad off. Good to know. Okay. I wonder if uh, that's a locals thing or if that's a everybody thing. Unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. So let's get started. Uh, before we do, though, just a, just a quick shout out to the chat that we did this past Wednesday. We did a roundup of sorts of the so-called medical freedom movement and a number of very interesting things that are happening among some of the people that we um do that we talk to and uh, and and do work with in the realm of attempting to secure bodily autonomy in the medical sense so head on over there become a paid subscriber if you'd like to go check that out but without further ado let's jump in to the news florida issues a health alert on mrna injections the florida department of health has issued a health alert from the state's surgeon general joseph latipo regarding safety concerns around mrna based covid 19 vaccine products that's the pfizer and moderna products published on february 15 2023 the press release noted that in florida alone there was a 100 and sorry, a 1,700% increase in VAERS reports after the release of the COVID-19 vaccine, compared to an increase of 400% in overall vaccine administration for the same period. So it doesn't quite, uh, doesn't quite balance out, I think is what he's saying. And to quote, to support transparency, the state of Florida reminds healthcare providers to accurately communicate the risks and benefits of all clinical interventions to their patients, including those associated with the COVID-19 vaccine, as additional risks continue to be identified and disclosed to the public. And in the end, folks, that's what this is about. The choice to take or not take a certain medicine is entirely up to the individual. It has to be. 
And in order to make that decision, things can't be kept under wraps. If safety concerns are found or even speculated, that cannot be suppressed in the public discussion, either in the speculative sense, but more so when it finds when 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 legitimate demonstrable safety concerns have been found. This needs to be communicated. This is informed consent. Anyway, um, I'm preaching to the choir for most of us. But moving on, Scotland's first minister resigns. Nicola Sturgeon, the first minister of Scotland, has resigned as the country's head of state. According to Politico, Sturgeon made the shock announcement at a hastily arranged press conference Wednesday from her official residence in Edinburgh. The official reason given for Sturgeon's unexpected departure is, quote, the personal toll of the job and the desire to free her party to pick its own Scottish independence strategy. On the other hand, the Atlantic shares the opposing perspective that the resignation wasn't exactly a surprise due to Sturgeon and her party's dropping poll ratings. In the opinion of the author, Helen Lewis Sturgeon, well, the, the author, Helen Lewis, Sturgeon had found herself digging deeper into controversy related to her proposed gender recognition reform bill, which saw her dismiss her political opponents by choosing to recast as matters of patriotism or morality any opposition to her agenda. I just want to point out the the my name, Sturgis, is of Scottish origin. And I was told once by a stranger in an elevator that anybody with the last name that begins with S-T-U-R-G, Sturge, is descendant of the same family line in a meaningful way. And I've never been able to substantiate that. That was over 10 years ago. But I'm probably related to this person, I suppose is what I'm saying. Scotland is the latest in a line of nations whose leaders have stepped down in the last couple of years following Boris Johnson and Liz Truss in the United Kingdom. Mario Draghi in Italy, Ka Kaja or Kaya Kallis in Estonia, and most recently, of course, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. This is in addition to shakeups in high-level positions within governments, including Ukraine's recent purge as a result of an ongoing corruption investigation. So, uh, yes, indeed, we, uh, we, 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 we've got some leadership issues, I think, in most parts of the world. All right, moving on. Crypto stablecoins targeted by U.S. regulators. Yes, indeed. Stablecoins, which are cryptocurrency tokens whose value is designed to remain pegged to the United States dollar, have come under heavy fire from American financial regulators this week. On Monday, blockchain company Paxos announced it had been instructed by the New York State Department of Financial Services to cease issuing units of BUSD, which stands for Binance, United States dollar. While Binance, which is the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange, licenses its brand to the product, the stablecoin itself is a product developed by Paxos, a fact that Binance was all too happy to make clear in the wake of the news. As reported by Coindesk, I quote, BUSD is not issued by Binance. Changpeng Zhao, Binance CEO, said during a Twitter space on Tuesday. We have an agreement to let Paxos use our brand, but that's not something that we created. 
with BUSD gone, BUSD slowly winding down over time, we will continue to work with more stablecoin issuers or creators, Zhao added, citing existing support for other stablecoins such as USD coin, which goes by USDC, and Tether, USDT. Okay, interesting. Now, Crypto.com, another uh, leading cryptocurrency service, sent out an email to its clients a couple days ago instructing them to withdraw their BUSD from the platform by March 16, 2023. Okay. Meanwhile, PayPal has reportedly halted development of its own stablecoin in response to, quote, increasing regulatory scrutiny of the cryptocurrency sector. Thanks. Thanks, Sam Bankman-Fried. Thank you. You really helped us. You really did a good thing here. Okay, moving on. Nikki Haley announces 2024 presidential run. Nikki Haley, the former United States ambassador to the United Nations, has announced her bid for the Republican nomination for the 2024 presidential election. She joins a race with, as far as I can tell, only one other confirmed candidate, former President Donald Trump. Others expected or heavily rumored to be soon announcing their own candidacy include current President Joe Biden, former National Security Officer John Bolton, who would be running for the Republican nomination, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg on the Democratic side, and, depending on who you ask, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, I haven't included it here, but some of you may know that Steve Kirsch recently announced that he was going to be putting together a super PAC, a political action committee, to, in his words, draft Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to run for president. And, you know, it's actually quite a dark proposition, if you think about it, given his family history. But I'll let that simmer in your mind and maybe uh, decide how you feel for yourself. Okay. Now, let's move on to the big story for today. And no, there's no way I'm going to be able to cover this in full. Uh, it's quite crazy what's going on, but I'll do my best. So, disaster in East Palestine. People watching this may be aware. Others may not be aware that a terrible disaster has occurred in the state of Ohio, and it is nowhere near resolved. On February 3rd, a 150-car train derailed near the village of East Palestine, Ohio. The train, run by a company called Norfolk Southern, was carrying hazardous chemicals and other materials when it hurtled off the tracks and crashed following an alleged catastrophic mechanical failure. According to the National Transportation Safety Board, or NTSB, I quote, 38 rail cars derailed and a fire ensued, which damaged an additional 12 cars. Of those 50 total cars involved, 11 of them were carrying hazardous materials. Five cars were carrying vinyl chloride, a colorless gas used in making plastic products, which you may have noticed has been the primary focus of at least mainstream news reports. Three days later, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro 
issued a mandatory evacuation order for a two square mile area around the crash site. According to a press release from DeWine's office, the United States Department of Defense of all agencies and the Ohio National Guard had provided new modeling information surrounding the risk for these areas and that the vinyl chloride contents of five rail cars were currently unstable and could potentially explode, causing deadly disbursement of shrapnel and toxic fumes. Despite the concern over dispersal of toxic fumes, apparently Norfolk Southern, the rail company, decided that the best way to handle the three-day-old emergency was, quote, a controlled release of the vinyl chloride into a trench, which would then be lit on fire. The governor warned that as a direct result of this controlled chemical release, residents in the area denoted on this map that I have on the screen, in that red affected area, were facing grave danger of death. That is a direct quote from the governor of Ohio. While those in the yellow were, quote, at a high risk of severe injury, including skin burns and serious lung damage. The process involves using a small charge to blow a hole in the cars, allowing the material to go into a trench and burning it off before it is released in the air. According to reporting from the Associated Press, who was citing Norfolk Southern spokesman Scott Deutsch. It seems the logic, I guess, was that no matter what, the chemicals were going to combust, and it was a matter of attempting to control how the process occurred. Ostensibly, to reduce the damage to the environment and to living beings in the area. But to be fair, since I wrote that part in my script, I don't even think they said that was the reason. Uh, I'm not totally sure, but I think that at the time I wrote that, I was being too generous. And as Monkey King 1981 on the states, uh, sorry, uh, states on the locals uh, chat, where's the safe and effective area? Um, well, as we're going to find out, pretty much all around, because within two days of this controlled release and explosion, um, the evacuation order was rescinded and people were brought back to their homes. Um, control group asks me, have I verified the number of organic farms in the region? And this is not something I've had the chance to uh, look into. But these are the questions people should start asking as we continue to go through this story, okay? Moving forward here. Reporters heard a loud boom, presumably as the trench was ignited. Flames and black smoke billowed high into the sky from the derailment site late in the afternoon, about an hour after authorities said the controlled release would begin, continued the AP. Okay, so look at that cloud and look at this poor gentleman who's <laughs> presumably a resident or visitor of the area, this small village. That, 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 uh, that doesn't look healthy. Let's put it that way. So let's talk about the health risks from the chemicals. Um, okay, I quote. Officials warned the controlled burn would send phosgene and hydrogen chloride into the air. Phosgene is a highly toxic gas that can cause vomiting and breathing trouble 
and was used as a weapon in World War I. Indeed, phosgene was a chemical weapon deployed in the trench warfare of World War I and is described by the United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs as a choking agent. It is listed as a Schedule Three toxic chemical in the Chemical Weapons Convention, meaning its transport and destruction are both highly regulated. So my first thought was, did the government, did the state, federal government, and the company, Norfolk Southern, did they violate the Chemical Weapons Convention by choosing to burn this thing? I don't know, because it has to do with quantity. It has to do with whatever. They weren't carrying phosgene, it seems. They were carrying chemicals that then made phosgene. But we'll get to that. Because phosgene wasn't the substance actually being transported by the train. Based on a list published by the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA. The chemicals of concern affected by the crash, in addition to the aforementioned vinyl chloride, include ethylene glycol monobutyl ether, a chemical described by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration as highly flammable, which can cause serious or permanent injury. Okay. Now, I just want to add something I hadn't added before. This list came out days after residents were told to return. So this manifest published by the EPA, disclosing all of these further chemicals that we're going to continue to get into here, was put out after people came back. If you hear meows in the background, my cats are being crazy right now. I think they are also concerned, as we all are, with what's going on here. Okay, another on the list is ethylhexyl acrylate, which, if I am reading PubChem uh, Pub correctly, which I may not be, okay, is known to affect humans on the genetic level. Specifically, the chemical causes increased expression, as you can see on screen, of messenger RNA, or mRNA, associated with four different genes. GCLM, ATF3, CXCL8, and DNA JB4. GCLM is related to the body's regulation of an antioxidant called glutathione, healthy levels of which are required to maintain cardiovascular health and to combat oxidative stress. The ATF3 gene plays a role in the life cycle of a cell, including apoptosis, or programmed cell death. In other words, the way you respond to, or the way your cells are supposed to work at the end of their life cycle. When apoptosis isn't working, when you can't conduct a programmed cell death, we call that cancer. And the immune response as well to pathogens and cancers, interestingly enough, that gene helps with. Okay, the protein coded by the CXCL8 gene is a major mediator of the inflammatory response, playing a role in heart disease, viral infection, cancerous tumor growth, and the permeability of blood vessels. Hmm. More of this protein results in, quote, increased severity of multiple disease outcomes, e.g. sepsis. Finally, DNAJB4 codes for a heat shock protein that acts as a tumor suppressor. 
ethylhexyl acrylate also reduces the expression of DIO1, DIO2, and DIO3 proteins, which can result in thyroid problems. Not to mention that inhaling the chemical irritates the respiratory tract. Okay, butyl acrylate is another highly flammable liquid that was spilled and burned up following the crash. The chemical causes burning to the skin and eyes upon contact and can lead to skin allergy. When inhaled, it can lead to permanent lung damage, along with headache, dizziness, nausea, and vomiting. Funny, all things being reported by residents of the area. Finally, benzene, described as a highly flammable and volatile chemical, is potentially fatal if inhaled. Horrifyingly, it may also cause genetic defects and cancer. Okay. So, moving into the media blackout aspect of this. As the massive black cloud pumped itself into the atmosphere, reports started to emerge that the reality on the ground was far worse than appeared through the media. Sharing several horrifying pictures of a quickly blackening sky, an account called UAE Exotic Falconry and Finance tweeted that there's a news blackout and the police are beating reporters and camera people and dragging them. Um, okay. So here's, I think, what I've been able to ascertain happened. During a February 8th, so five days after the event, a news conference held by Governor DeWine, a reporter named Evan Lambert, was tackled to the ground and arrested. He was released later that evening with charges of disorderly conduct and criminal trespassing dropped. By all accounts, the basis of the arrest was simply that Lambert was, quote, talking when the governor was talking, end quote. And Governor DeWine himself apologized to Lambert and expressed regret that the incident occurred. Um, I do find that suspicious because, again, by all accounts, the reason why he was talking was due to a delay in the press conference. Uh, the reporter was on a schedule. He had to be on air doing the thing. He was one reporter reporting out of a room of reporters, others of whom were doing the same thing he was doing. And for some reason, he was picked I'm sure there are more details that would be understood better by someone who was actually there, but there was a degree of control of the way this is being covered, it seems for sure. And as reluctant as I am to side with a fact check, and I'm not siding with a fact check here, but I, I have to agree that the event now, now is being covered by media of all kinds. The independent media who are now starting to understand what's going on and the mainstream media, which I suppose uh, are being given the signal that this is worth covering. I don't know. But simply covering the event doesn't mean the real issues are being discussed because guess what? They're not. So let's move on to the idea of or the the subject of dioxins. So to quote this Substack article, it's not just what was in the tanker cars. It's what happens when they burn and combine. According to Eric Coppolino, the piece being excluded from all mainstream reporting on the disaster is the presence of a class of chemicals called dioxins. 
Dioxins are a group of chemicals which, as explained by the World Health Organization, are highly toxic and can cause reproductive and developmental issues, damaging the immune system and interfere with hormones and also, look at that, cause cancer. Coppolino continues. There, there, there were reportedly 14 tanker cars full of vinyl chloride, a precursor to polyvinyl chloride, that is, vinyl. Burning vinyl is the most serious source of dioxin in the environment, whether from trash incinerators, house fires, or chemical spills. While vinyl chloride is a precursor chemical to making PVC, any time chlorinated compounds burn, there will be dioxins created. And dioxin is a manufacturing byproduct of any manufacturing process involving chlorine, from disinfectants to the bleaching of paper. There was plenty of dioxin in those tanker cars before they caught fire. This mess of 14 tanker cars, really many more, but 14 had vinyl chloride, was then set on fire by the government, apparently to make it easier to clear the railroad tracks. This was the worst possible decision. It has turned many, many miles into what should be no man's land. But I have not heard of one single test for dioxin being done. Now, thankfully, others have now picked up on this and are adding their own insights. Dr. Syed Haider opened his article on the subject by pointing out that of all of the absurd and headline-grabbing events over the last couple of weeks, including... Just to name a few, Project Veritas's Pfizer expose and subsequent internal coup d'etat, enigmatic spy balloons over North America, and now, by the way, apparently the rest of the world, UFOs, uh, didn't even include it on here, but H5N1, which uh, for at least one day really looked to me like it was being geared up to be something like a COVID situation. Anyway, suspicious preparations for a subsequent deadly earthquake in Turkey and Seymour Hersh's bombshell Nord Stream report. Nothing, all of those things considered, nothing is more important than taking care of the people impacted by one of the worst chemical spills in history. When vinyl dioxide burns, According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, it decomposes to hydrogen chloride, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, and traces of phosgene. Hydrogen chloride and phosgene have been discussed in headlines, but somehow carbon monoxide, CO1, and dioxide, CO2, managed to avoid mention. It maybe wouldn't have looked good if this was... If, if this caused the largest environmental disaster using carbon, this thing that is supposedly the basis for the climate crisis, and they just went and nuked it. But as Hader emphasizes, the burning of vinyl dioxide directly caused the creation of dioxins. Professor Neil Donahue of Carnegie Mellon University shares his concern, quoted by the Associated Press as saying, vinyl chloride is bad. Dioxins are worse as carcinogens, and that comes from burning. So the disaster, as it stands now, is almost definitely just the tip of the iceberg. As shown in this watershed map from the Missouri Department of Natural Resources, 
The waterways connected to the Ohio, Ohio River Basin are at risk of spreading this collection of chemical weapons into the drinking water supply of the entirety of middle America, physically speaking. As far north as the Canadian border, and by the way, that ain't going to stop at the border, and all the way down to Texas. And I apologize, I don't know what state that is immediately east of Texas. Many states in between will be affected, and the health consequences sound to me as though they will be disastrous. Control Group says that is Louisiana. All right. Yes, Louisiana. Very good. Thank you. I am learning my geography. Funny, in Canada, in Canadian schools, we don't learn uh, American geography. Frankly, I think we should probably learn about the whole continent. But solutions to this will come. It's going to be a lot of, lot of pain in the meantime. It's already happening, and that's the point. And I, I regret uh, focusing so heavily on the bad news. I regret that that I I don't regret choosing to because this is very important. But I regret that there is so much bad news surrounding this. In the meantime, the most pressing issue is as far as I can tell, to continue quickly raising awareness of the fact that the event even took place, as the news has somehow managed to avoid making it, from what I can tell, to large chunks of the general public. This is the kind of thing that everyone you talk to, you would think, would be bringing up. Hey, did you hear what happened in East Palestine? Crazy. But no. So. Um, I'll leave you with two areas that, for the sake of time, I wasn't able to get into that require further investigation. The first, in the weeks leading up to the train crash, East Palestine launched a new emergency medical response program based around the MyID wearable health data system. Given the timing of the rollout, and I, I want to be clear, this was late January. They were putting out press releases saying, this is here. Given the timing and then the subsequent health crisis, it is well worth looking into the circumstances surrounding both the town's involvement with this program, as well as the ownership and interests of the company behind my ID. Then there is the crazy coincidence surrounding the 2022 Netflix movie titled White Noise, which seems to have, in the words of, th of The Independent, the British media platform, seems to have predicted the events of the train crash and subsequent chemical disaster. Stranger yet, the movie was filmed in East Palestine, as, as far as I understand. And several background performers or extras who worked on the film are now living out the events of the film in real life. Um, so that's weird. So we, we, we have to look into that more. Control Group and Cat are talking about it there. Um, to the members of our locals community, definitely, as you keep coming, you know, coming into information about this, uh, share it with us. Um, everyone can, at no cost, Anybody can come and, and watch as that information is gathered. And uh, if you want to contribute to it yourself, of course, you can become a 
supporter of the running the earth dot locals.com community but we're gonna have to keep looking at uh Look, the most important thing are the health consequences. There's questions about Amish farmers, large communities of Am large Amish communities in that part of the United States who right now are already dealing with legal issues brought by the EPA uh, and the uh, oh, what's it called? The USDA because of their th this is the uh, the um, oh, what's his name? Robert Barnes. Oh, I can't remember, but there's a client he's representing. Amos Miller. Amos Miller. That's his name. Um, so this is already a community who, it seems, is living a good life, free of chemicals, who are now irradiated. So anyway, as we come up with solutions, let's share them with each other. Let's keep each other as informed and safe and healthy as possible. And um, let's see what happens from here. Um, tremendously uh strange times um hopefully more things like this don't happen here's another thing i wasn't able to mention this wasn't the only train crash with hazardous chemicals there was also a truck crash that resulted in a uh, a shelter in place order in another state i can't remember off the top of my head so there's a lot going on okay um moving moving to our outro here oh man i stopped my screen from sharing why did i do that this is how the sausage is made, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay, well, I'll just, I won't bring it back up. You can look at my pretty face. Roundingtheearth.locals.com. Join us there. Also, I haven't said it in a while. Roundingtheearth.substack.com. Matthew continues to write just incredible uh, pieces uh, about all sorts of things. And um, that's, that's, that's where you should go to support him. And you can find me at www.liamsturgis.com or at the Liam Sturgis on Twitter. Thank you very much, everybody. And I will post the show notes on both my Substack, liamsturgis.substack.com, and as an article in runningtheearth.locals.com in the next couple of hours. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you again very soon. Mm -hmm.